Welcome to Living Words from the Gospel of John, and uh, I'm Mark Berkler. We're in John 19. We're at the day of uh, Jesus' crucifixion, an incredibly painful day to, to even read. We are going to read the entire chapter, so it'll be a little bit longer uh, reading today, and then we will journal about it. So I'm going to share my screen, and we will read the chapter from the, the Passion Translation. Then Pilate ordered Jesus to be brutally beaten with a whip of leather straps embedded with metal. And the soldiers also wove, wove, wove thorn branches into a crown and set it on his head and placed a purple robe over his shoulders. Then, one by one, they came in front of him to mock him by saying, Hail to the king of the Jews. And one after the other, they repeatedly punched him in the face. Once more, Pilate went out and said to the Jewish officials, I will bring him out once more so that you may know I have found nothing wrong with him. So when Jesus emerged, bleeding, wearing the purple robe and the crown of thorns on his head, Pilate said to them, look at him. Here is your man. Verse, uh, verse 6. No sooner did the high priest and the temple guards see Jesus that they all shouted in a frenzy, crucify him, crucify him. Pilate replied, you take him then and nail him to the cross yourselves. I told you he's not guilty. I find no reason to condemn him. The Jewish leaders shouted back, but we have the law and according to our law, he must die because he claimed to be the son of God. Then Pilate was greatly alarmed when he heard that Jesus claimed to be the son of God. So he took Jesus back inside and said, where have you come from? But once again, silence filled the room. Perplexed, Pilate said, are you going to play deaf? Don't you know that I have the power to grant you freedom or to nail you to a tree? Jesus answered, you have no power over me unless it was given to you from above. This is why the one who betrayed me is guilty of an even greater sin. Verse 12. From then on, Pilate tried to find a way out of the situation and to set him free. But the Jewish authorities shouted at him, if you let this man go, you're no friend of Caesar. Anyone who declares himself to be a king, is an enemy of the emperor. So now they're threatening to tell his boss, Caesar, that he's uh, allowing another king to rule and reign in his province. So they're putting fear <clears throat> into his heart. So when Pilate heard this threat, he relented and had Jesus, who was torn and bleeding, brought outside then he went up the elevated stone platform and took his seat in the judgment bench, which in Aramaic is called Gabbatha or the bench. And it was almost noon. And it was the same day that we were preparing to slay the Passover lambs. And Pilate said to the Jewish officers, look, here is your king. But they screamed out, take him away, take him away and crucify him. Pilate said, shall I nail your king to a cross? 
The high priest answered, we have no other king but Caesar. Oh, my goodness, what a demonic thing to say. Isn't it interesting as they're preparing the sacrificial lamb, Jesus, the sacrificial lamb for all time is also being put to death on the same day. So here's the crucifixion, starting in verse 16. <clears throat> then Pilate handed Jesus over to them. So the soldiers seized him and took him away to be crucified. Jesus carried his own cross out of the city to a place called the Skull, which in Aramaic is Golgotha. And there they nailed him to the cross. He was crucified along with two others, one on each side with Jesus in the middle. Pilate had them post a sign over the cross, which was written in three languages, Aramaic, Latin, Greek. Many of the people of Jerusalem read the sign for he was crucified near the city. The sign stated, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. But the chief priest and the Jews said to Pilate, you must change the sign. Don't let it say King of the Jews, but rather he claimed to be the King of the Jews. Pilate responded, what I have written will remain. Now, when the soldiers crucified Jesus, they divided up his clothes into four shares, one for each of them, but his tunic was seamless, woven from the top to the bottom as a single garment. So the soldiers said to each other, don't tear it, let's throw dice to see who gets it. The soldiers did all of this, not knowing that they fulfilled the scripture that says, they divided my garments among them and they gambled for my garment. Mary, Jesus' mother, was standing next to the cross, along with Mary's sister, Mary, the wife of Clovis, and Mary Magdalene. So when Jesus looked down and saw the disciple whom he loved standing with her, he said, Mother, look, John will be a son to you. And he said to John, look, she will be a mother to you. And from that day on, John accepted Mary into his home as one of his own family. Jesus knew that his mission was accomplished. And to fulfill scripture, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of, of sour wine was sitting nearby. So they soaked a sponge in it and put it on a stalk of hyssop and raised it to his lips. And when he sipped the sour wine, he said, it is finished, my bride. Then he bowed his head and surrendered his spirit to God. The Jewish leaders did not want the bodies of the victims to remain on the cross through the next day, since it was a day of preparation for a very important Sabbath. So they asked Pilate's permission to have the victims' legs broken to hasten their death and their bodies taken down before sunset. So the soldiers broke the legs of the two men who were nailed there, but when they came to Jesus, they recognized that he had already died, so they decided not to break his legs. But one of the soldiers took a spear and pierced Jesus' side, and blood and water gushed out. I, John, do testify to the certainty of what took place, and I write the truth so that you might also believe. For all these things happened to fulfill the prophecies of Scripture, not one of his bones will be broken and they will gaze on the one they have pierced. <clears throat> so now his burial. 
After this, Joseph from the city of Ramoth, who was a secret disciple of Jesus for fear of the Jewish authorities, asked Pilate if he could remove the body of Jesus. So Pilate granted him permission to remove the body from the cross. Now Nicodemus, who had once come to Jesus privately at night, accompanied Joseph and together they buried a significant amount of myrrh. Uh, they carried a significant amount of myrrh and aloes to the cross. And they took Jesus's body and wrapped it in strips of linen with embalming spices according to the Jewish burial customs. Near the place where Jesus was crucified was a garden, and in the garden was a new tomb that no one had yet been laid to rest. And because the Sabbath was approaching and the tomb was nearby, that's where they laid the body of Jesus. And that is the end of that chapter. Such a horrific thing to read. But I would like to take you to Acts chapter 4, <clears throat> verses 26 through 28, to get God's perspective on what happened here. Acts chapter 4, verse 26. Now the kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers scheming and conspiring together against God and his anointed Messiah. Yeah, that's what just happened. In fact, Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Jews and other non-Jews, met together to take their stand against your holy servant, Jesus the Messiah. They did to him all that your purpose and will had determined according to the destiny you had marked out for him. That's chapter 4, verse 28. I'm going to read it in the New American Standard. <clears throat> to do whatever your hand and purpose predestined to occur. So the day looks like it's... Let me just stop the sharing. It looks like a horrific day. It's totally out of control. It looks like evil rules evil governments, timid governments rule, wicked Pharisees rule, justice is coming out perverted. That's what it looks like. Looks like God is nowhere around. <laughs> but Acts 4 gives you perspective. They were doing everything God predestined to occur in order to release a blessing, the blessing of salvation to the entire world. So that's really incredible. <clears throat> Two different perspectives. And I guess as we journal, <clears throat> we're gonna find different, a different perspective to the evil that we see around us today. So I did do some journaling. <clears throat> Lord, I enter your gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I enter your courts with praise. Lord, I can't stand the horror of Jesus's crucifixion. I can hardly bear to read it. Yes, Mark, it was terrible and it was not, and it's not something to focus on. This occurred so no one could ever say Jesus never had it as bad as I did. This graphically displays his suffering for all to see. So your heart is touched by his sacrifice and my sacrifice to win my world back to me. This was one very small moment in time, a quarter of a day, and all of eternity has been altered by this partial day. So no, you do not need to focus on it. Your focus is on ruling and reigning with Christ in heavenly places 
which is where he has been for the last 2,000 years. <clears throat> Lord, I can't stand it. The religious people said, we have no other king but Caesar. <clears throat> Mark, they sealed their doom and their destiny with those words. They were demonized words, and those with evil hearts spoke them, thus sealing their doom. Today, the church is not to cowtail to the government, but to influence and transform the government by raising righteous leaders, kings, and priests to demonstrate my kingdom rule in all of society. Call them to that. <clears throat> Number three, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus even cared for John and his mother as he hung on the cross. Unbelievable. Yes, Mark, our compassion is never ending. Through it, we shall win even the hardest of hearts. They'll be touched by love and be transformed. <clears throat> so those questions are available for you to journal about, or you may choose to journal about something different. Allowing God to give you a divine perspective on this day, which was probably the most significant, it is the most significant and important day uh, of the entire universe. <clears throat> and that's probably why John spent an entire chapter on just this one 12-hour period of time. All right, God bless you as your journal. This is Mark Berkler signing off.